bit, I believe, to turn in your Bibles, as Chris jokingly says. We'll at least try to start here. Uh, Luke chapter 4. Amen. But Father, we love you so much. So grateful to gather together today. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all you're doing uh, in and amongst our families and our lives and as a church family. We're so exceedingly grateful. And Lord, just give me... Uh, Just give me your wisdom, your guidance as we uh, teach this morning, as we learn together. Holy Spirit, again, I'm always so dependent on you. I lean upon you, sir, to just help me and guide me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. How You know, guys, I'm just going to take a second and just, uh, I just can't say it enough how exceedingly thankful Selena and I are at how much you guys have all grown as people. Right? Wouldn't you agree, say? I mean, we talk about that in the evening times together just uh, as we pray for you all and think of you all uh, and just see, uh, just see how much you all each have grown is just truly wonderful and just amazing. And so I just wanted to say thank y'all for uh, letting God grow you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen for saying it. You know that doesn't happen automatically, right? Y'all know that, right? You know that spiritual growth is... The, you know, we were talking about it in the prayer room. You know, there is a parallel in Scripture to spiritual growth and natural growth, right? In the sense of, you know, as babies, it says we desire the milk of the Word that we would grow. You know, Paul talked about growing up and all these kind of things uh, throughout the New Testament. But the only only way that that actually breaks down, the only place that ana- that analogy breaks down, um, is children grow naturally. Like, you know, you can't put a brick on their head as much as you want to and, get, and stop them from growing. You know, as much as you want to keep them cute and cuddly and all that kind of stuff, they, they're going to grow on you. They're like puppies, right? They're just, they're going to get bigger, right? But that doesn't happen automatically in the spirit. You don't just naturally grow spiritually. That, yeah, you have, to ner- you have to want to grow spiritually. You have to have a desire to grow in the things of God, right? And so I just want to say thank y'all for having a desire to grow spiritually. Amen. Amen. It's very, very cool. I mean, we have been a part of many churches and uh, not everybody wants to grow. (laughs) Some people are happy to just stay the way they've always been until Jesus comes back. Amen. But I just want to say thank y'all very much for having a desire to grow in the things of God. Amen. And so we're just so, so excited about that. And on that note, last week, how many of you felt like you found yourself in the Bible? Who found yourself? Or at least, go, come on, raise your hand. Talk to me now. Is it, how many of you found some verse? You found a verse. You got, how many of you wrote that verse down? Y'all not just going to talk to me at all this morning, are you? How many of you did? You did? Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. So uh, today, I want you to pull that verse out. You're going to need it later in our time together. Those verses. How many of you feel like you didn't find a verse last week? Anybody here that felt like they didn't? Okay, good. A few of you. Then today, we'll pick back up here at the end, and I want you to, to be looking and seeing and finding that verse. But for those of you that you felt like the Lord gave you a passage of Scripture Right, we're going to take time at the, at the end of our, our, our time around teaching this morning uh, to have you pull that verse out and act on it by what we're going to say today. Does that make sense? All right. So Luke chapter four, and let's begin. Amen. Here, you know, so this is the story of Jesus 
being tempted in the wilderness. <clears throat> and say, if I can have a bottle of water. I normally don't ask for one, but today I'm going to need one. Please and thank you. Um, but here in Luke chapter 4, it says in verse 1, it says, So then Jesus being filled with the Spirit, this is after he was baptized, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness that he would be tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing and he drank nothing and afterward he was hungry. Oh, it's actually just ate nothing. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And then verse number four, it says this, And Jesus said to him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? But by every word that comes from the mouth of God, where every word that comes from God. So we're going to unpack this a little bit here and, and notice some things. Number one is this. Notice Jesus is in the toughest thing. You just, thank you very much. You just put it right here. Just but do take the lid off. I'm sorry because I got this hand tied up. You know I'm saying? Because of the microphone. I'm asking you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> got to pick on her something. Y'all are right. This one, but doing good. And then we're going to have fun in church, right? So y'all can laugh. Y'all can say stuff. But here, Jesus is facing his biggest challenge, right? He's starting his ministry. He's being tempted by the devil. This is a big moment. And where did Jesus go first in his challenging moment? He went to the word. Amen. Now, again, this is, again, I know that this is Jesus, right? Remember, Jesus is our pattern. We've been saying that for a couple of weeks. He's our archetype. He shows us the pattern of living. So Jesus is in his most challenging moment. Is he filled with the Spirit? Yes. Absolutely. That happened just before. He got baptized, got filled with the Spirit. So even in his most challenging moment, where did he go first? He, didn't, he went to the Word. He didn't go to the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Where did Jesus, so Jesus is face to face with the devil, right? He is being tempted and his starting point was we live by the word of God, right? The word of God isn't just something we read. It isn't just something that's a good spiritual tool. Jesus says life comes from this book. Man shall not live by bread alone, but he will live by every word of God. So see, life begins at the word of God. Living begins from the word of God. Amen. How many of you feel like you're just kind of surviving? Anybody feel like you're just kind of... In some area, I mean, to be honest now, some, yeah. Salim and I, that some of you feel like you're just yeah. barely surviving, right? You know, Brother Keith Moore used to say it like this, you feel like you got a half nostril above water. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if anybody drops a pebble in the pond, you're going under, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody ever felt like that before? Yeah. And you feel like you're just surviving, you're barely, you're not. Listen, living begins from the word of God. So if you identify that area where you feel like, man, I'm just a half nostril above water, 
I'm just barely making it. I, I just feel like I'm just, just surviving. I'm just scraping by. What are the other phrases we use like that? By the skin of my teeth, of my teeth right? Huh? End of my rope, right? I'm at the end of my rope, right? All these things we say. Then the journey to life begins with the Word of God. It doesn't begin anywhere else because Jesus, again, Jesus is at that place. Jesus is at the end of the rope, quote unquote. Jesus is facing literally the devil for you and I. Jesus is at the beginning of his greatest temptation. And he says, this journey begins with the Word of God. Yes. Amen. Yes. Right? So we live from this. So that's why when we talk about this, getting a word. We've been talking for a few weeks about get a word. Yes. Getting a word. The reason why getting a word from God is so important is because that's where life begins. Whatever, and, and I want you to think of life as life is the answer to your problem. Life is the resolution to your situation. Amen. But it begins by getting a word. Amen. Right? So again, before we pray, what should we do? Get a word. Before I make a decision, what should I do? Get a word. Before I do any action or response, what should I do? Should get a word, right? God, what are you saying to me? What does your word say to me about whatever it is I'm walking to? Why? Because life begins with the word of God. Amen. Amen. So now if you notice too as well, this kind of jumped out at me when I was reading over this for today. Look at verse 3. So the devil says to Jesus, if you are the son of God. Right? If you are the Son of God, then do, do this. Command these stones to be made bread. Listen to me, church. The devil's quote-unquote attacks on your life always begin with an attack on your identity. It's where it always starts. Again, that's where the devil chose to pick his fight. The devil chose to start the battle with, well, if you are that then why don't you do right and that's why jesus answered he says no i'm going to take you back to the word of where i am that's why those words that you got last week and the words that are going to be are so important for you right does that make sense i mean that's why again i mean i, I look over my life and realize the greatest attacks that I've ever had to walk through have been always attacks on, well, you're not a good husband. Yeah. Right? You're not a good dad. Right? You're not a good pastor. They always begin with that attack on because he can shift you in your identity. If he can get get you to believe that you are not who you are, then he's already won. Amen. Again, I, I think that it's telling with this that why all the, again, I'm not trying to make this necessarily overly political this morning, but I think that's, that's why the gender confusion, right? The sexual confusion, the identity confusion that is so rampant in our culture today 
just shows you exactly where it comes from. Because the devil's trying to convince a whole generation that they are not who they are. Because if he can get them to start life off by believing they're not who they are, then the rest of the rest of deceiving them is easy. Does that make sense? Uh, Y'all with me? Is this this? Y'all just thinking this morning? Awful quiet. Y'all just thinking? Amen. I need to tell a joke or something. Y'all. But we're good. Well, I mean, so think about it. So that's why finding yourself in Scripture, finding, and again, in this finding of ourselves in Scripture hits all areas of life. And I know last week we were specifically, and it's good, we were specifically talking about the things you were called to do. Amen. And that's important. But it's about your whole life. Finding yourself as an individual in Scripture. In that meaning, again, I'm a man. Yeah. Why? Because the Word of God talks to me about that. Yeah. Does that make sense? And life comes from that. Right? It, it, it speaks to me about my primary roles. It speaks to me about I'm a husband. I am a father. Right? How many of you got a job? Amen. Very good. How many of you, you got your dream job? All right, the couple of you got your dream job there. How many of you, as my brother would say, you just got your darn job? Yeah. Come on now, be honest. Just raise your hand if you just. It, my brother would say it, it may not be your dream job, but it is your darn job, right? He would use a little bit more flowery. I'm trying to be better. Y'all notice I've been better. Yeah. I haven't sworn near as much in church. Isn't that awesome? Praise God for the pastor not swearing. That's awesome, right? So it may not be your dream job. It may not, but the Bible still speaks to us about being a good employee. About being someone worthy to be hired. Do y'all see this? See, life in that, in that dead-end job, life begins at the Word. Yes. Does it? Yeah, can, yeah, sorry. So, so, Daniel, can I just share a little bit? I, I put a text out there. Are you okay if I share this? So, Danielle and I were having a conversation. I, I posted some of it up in, in group me. You can go back and read it if you want to. But her and I were talking, and somebody in her world came to her based on some of the stuff we've been talking about. And, and said, well, well, what if the Bible doesn't talk about my situation? Anybody ever run across that before? Uh-huh. How many of you, that might have been you. <laughs> right, listen to me. I'm going to teach you There is a, a doctrine that is not taught anymore. Right, it's truly a lost doctrine of the church. And so if you're taking notes, you can write it down. It's called the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture. Yeah. And this used to be taught all over the church. We may grow up hearing about the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture. Right? So, I mean, how many of you have never heard of that before ever? See, look around. See, that's what I'm saying. It's lost. We don't teach it. Well, this is the basicness of that doctrine that, that I learned and taught us at Raymond. The sufficiency of Scripture doctrine says this, that the Bible, as it is, addresses all mankind's situations, circumstances, needs for all history. So the Bible alone is sufficient 
to answer all of man's questions, past, present, or future. That's why Jesus can with confidence say, life begins here. Why? Because our book, the Bible, answers all of life's circumstances and situations. Amen. Does that bring comfort at all? How many of you, that's, that's a new thought? Anybody? How many of you were taught that the Bible is antiquated and kind of out of date? Or you heard that or thought? Some people, I mean, again, this is, these, again, I'm trying, this is what you're going to run into. I run into it in my world. Right? Oh, the Bible, you know, it's good for certain things, but it's antiquated. It's out of date. Not applicable for today. Right? Because, again, that's what people say. Because my situation isn't in the Bible. What about my situation? Well, your situation is there. Right? You want to know how it's there. And real quick, if you're taking notes, this is up. Yeah, am, I, am I doing okay? Good. I'm keep going. I'm going I'm to trust y'all doing okay. Yeah. Yes. Brother Hagen said y'all kind of like a cow in a new gate. Kind of just looking at me a little funny. The RCA dog. You kind of got your head cocked over. <laughs> but here, here is how it does. The Bible speaks to us in three primary ways. It speaks to us in clear commands. The do's and the don'ts. The, the thou shalts and the thou shalt nots of, of old King James. Does that make sense? That's how the Bible speaks. It's clear commands. Where it's clear, it is crystal clear. And even though I know we're a grace church, there are still do's and don'ts in the New Testament. Amen. <laughs> the, the difference is they couldn't do the do's and the don'ts in the Old Testament because they didn't have the Holy Spirit's help. But in the New Testament, we can do them. That's the, that's the distincting between the two. But there's still clear do's and don'ts. So where the Bible is clear, it's clear. Yes. Amen. Then the next level is it talks to us in overarching wisdom principles. Mm-hmm. Now let me give some examples. I'm, I'm going too fast. You know, back up to the do's and don'ts. The Bible says, Brad, you don't get to have any other woman but Selena. Amen. Because you chose to marry her. Right. Amen. 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 I don't, I, don't get, I don't get to have a Big Mac at home and a side of fries uh-uh. on the side, right? No, no. Does that make sense? You know, that's a clear do and don't. That's right. The Bible is very clear. And we, we had this question asked to us on a panel uh, when we were in Arizona about, well, what about polygamy? Mm-hmm. Right? Because the Bible doesn't clearly say don't have more than one wife. What does it clearly, and here's the truth, I'm saying this on purpose because where people come is they go, when they say, well, this doesn't address my situation, many times what they're saying is, is, well, the Bible doesn't say don't have more than one wife. And then they go back to one in the Old Testament. They had all kinds of wives. So do y'all see what I'm saying? Right, but it does clearly say that. Right? In this way, how many wives did God give Adam? One. <laughs> One. One. He didn't make Adam, Eve, and Susie, and you know Melissa, and somebody. God didn't bring out a chain and say, "Well, this is your Tuesday wife, and here's your Wednesday wife, and 
Right? No, he, he brought to Adam as a principle, here is your one, and that begins the story. Even to the people in the Old Testament, they were permitted certain things that were not allowed. The kings of Israel were instructed to have one wife. So David and his son, they violated that. Now we fast forward to the New Testament, right? Who is to be one of your great life examples in your life? And don't say Jesus. This is a very tangible one. But as a believer, who is to be a person in your life that is to be an example of how to live? Mama. It's a bit in the church. Y'all look at me kind of, I'm just testing you. Your pastor. Now again, for all of us, you understand that. That Paul, throughout the New Testament, when he put pastors in, he used an interesting word. He said, you, Pastor Timothy, are to be a pattern of life for these people. Yeah. And, and the word, we would understand it as like what Miss Teresa does as a dressmaker and a singer. A pattern. Anybody ever made something, a dress or a piece of clothing? Yeah. And you used a what? A pattern. And you laid that pattern over the material and you would cut out the material. That's the word Paul used to pastors. That's right. You're to be a pattern of life. Paul tells his whole son, he says, Son Timothy, you've done good to follow my pattern of life. Teach other men to follow our pattern. Do you see that? So in your life, again, not a trick question, but we were talking, but most people don't understand the reason why, one of the reasons why you need a good pastor in your life is that you have someone to pattern your life after. That's why those of us who want to pastor do so with, with much humility, fear and trembling, understanding that when I said, yes, Lord, I'll follow you into the call of pastoring, I'm raising up my little hand and saying, hey, everybody, when you don't know what to do, just watch me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pressure. No pressure. <laughs> right? But we, how many of you, we don't do that anymore much more in the church, do we? No. But in the Bible, Paul said it's to be a pattern for you. So therefore, when we look at the requirements to be a pastor in Timothy, we understand why Paul said, now, pastor, you get to be the husband of one wife. It wasn't so that we would put men and women under bondage, right, if they happen to divorce, right? Does that make sense? Can I just go there just for a second? You know, if something happened and I lost my ever-loving mind, Right, and she had to get rid of me. I'm picking I and I survived the encounter. <laughs> You're supposed to be laughing at this, <laughs> right? Then, if either one of us got remarried, we just need to be married to that one. Yep, that's exactly. Are you with me? But the pattern is the clear command from Old Testament to New Testament is one. Y'all see that? You see how that even though it doesn't say, Brad, thou shalt not, it doesn't have to say. How many brides does Christ have? And then then how many brides does Jesus have? What's her name? The church. church. Do you see this pattern? So see, I I say that because as you're looking, there's life in that, guys. Yes. Yes. 
Everything you'll ever face and you'll ever need is right here. That's why Jesus showed us as the pattern, you begin the journey of life here. When you're facing a temptation, you start here. When you're facing a challenge, you start here. When you're facing an identity crisis, you start here. When you face any decision in life, we come here first. Amen. Does that make sense? Because from there, life begins to flow. Now I know what to do. And he addresses every situation in life. So the Bible, number one, speaks to us clearly. Yes. And it is way more clear than it's ever unclear. It is comforting, isn't it? And here's what I've learned in my life. And if the Bible ever looks unclear, it's probably my problem. <laughs> so like we jokingly say, I probably got some folk teaching that's getting in the way. Yeah. Right? I got some old, uh, maybe man's traditions, sunglasses on that makes it unclear. I'll never forget, I'll, I'll tell another story like this. You know, how many ever famously heard of Paul's thorn in the flesh? You may ever heard of Paul's thorn in the flesh? I mean, how many of you heard that Paul's thorn was sickness? Yes. Yeah. Y'all ain't going to raise your hand for nothing. How many, ever, how many of you know it's not a sickness? Let me start that way. How many of you know that Paul's thorn is not sickness? Oh, good. Praise God. Good, good, good. But most of the world doesn't know that. Because most of the world was taught something completely different. The church world. That's right. yeah. So I remember working over at Full Moon with Tony a couple of years ago, and one of the other managers was there, and he knew what kind of flavor of Christian I was, and so he was a different flavor. And so we were talking, and uh, he said, well, you know, Paul's thorn was sickness. And I said, oh, no, brother, it wasn't sickness at all. And he, his head whipped around so fast, you know, he almost gave it his own self-whiplash, right? I mean, he, he whipped around, and he looked, he said, what do you mean? I said, well, it's real clear. And I said, hey, at lunch, we'll talk about it. So we sat down at lunch, and I opened his Bible up, flipped it over to 2 Corinthians, spun it around to him, pointed at the end of chapter 11. I said, start reading right there. And he starts reading as Paul talks about all the persecutions he went through. A night and a day in the deep, beaten with rod so many times, stoned to death. This way, in perils of the city, in perils in the country, by my countrymen, by far. And he rose this thing, and then he jumps over, and a messenger of Satan was given unto me to buffet my body because of the revelation of Christ that I've received. And I asked the Lord to deliver me from persecution, and Jesus said, I can't do that. But what I can do is give you grace sufficient. And he reads through that whole thing, and he says, he looks up at me, he goes, I had to be told it was something else. I said, yep. He goes, if I'd have just read that for myself, I would have never thought it was something different. I said, yep. And I said, so now the rest of it, you might want to reread too. (laughs) Because there might be more in there that you read with, we picked up some sunglasses along the way. But see, the guys, I said, the Bible is clear. Maybe that's what God's trying to tell us this morning. You need to know it's clear. It is not hard to understand. It is not hard to interpret. 
God, I mean, I know this is popular. Please, y'all, if y'all like this, love me anyway, okay? I, I, I know it's popular to try to find the numbers in numerology and, and what does that number mean? And, and, and we treat the Bible like, you know, God's got some kind of mystic decoder ring. Right, that if I can just find the little orphan Annie decoder ring like from the Christmas story, then somehow I can count the number of words and it will mean something. It ain't that hard. Because God knew he was writing to me. Yes. <laughs> he, he knew, you know, Brad's going to have to read this book one day. I got to dumb this down. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and it is clear. Right? It is easy. Right? And it answers. Amen. Amen. So it's clear in its command. The next one is, is it's clear in its instructions. It also has overarching wisdom principles. The things that aren't necessarily do's and don'ts, but they're just good smarts. Again, not to, not to pick on anything here, because Lord knows we're not in this boat yet but we're getting there the bible says don't get into debt because it's stupid that's what it says it says don't do it right it says not wise now does that make debt sinful apparently not because in the same book it says hey listen this is what god wants he actually wants you to be the lender so that you can actually give out good loans that are reasonable and they'll take advantage of people. So God wouldn't ask you to participate in something that is evil. He just says, you want, he just tells you what side to be on. <laughs> he says, you want to be on the lender side and you're collecting the interest instead of on the debt side where you're paying the interest. Does that make sense? Now, does that mean if you've got debt that you're just, you got to go repent and fall down and cry? No, it doesn't mean, it's just wisdom, right? Things like this, the Bible says, take care of your physical body. Why? Because it's God's house. Now, does that mean, right? If you're like me and, 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 you know, I joke, I got, I'm going to tell just a few jokes. Don't come off the bench. Don't come off the bench. You know, you know I, I would joke and sit there and say, you know, I do have the body of a God. Right? It's just too bad it's Buddha. Right? Does that mean? So if you're like me and you, you would fit on the shelf at the Chinese restaurant, does, does that mean it's sinful? No, it's just not smart. Right. Yeah. Right. right? And, and, and God is happy to live in my body, but he's also happy to inspire me to renovate. Yeah. Right? I'm just a fixer-upper that God moved into, right? <laughs> he moved into me and said, we can work, we can work with this guy, good bones. Yeah, we say that about, you know, I'll move into Brad. Brad's got good bones, right? We, we can... We, that's right. They'll put my courage always encourage me. Dad, you got to get your six pack out of the cooler. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> but is that, do y'all see? But it speaks to us in wisdom. Yes. These are overarching principles that are a fountain of life. Yes. Amen. 
And then thirdly, He speaks to us with our conscience and by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right? Now what do we mean by that? And Paul is real clear. Back in the New Testament day, uh, they had a, an interesting situation. Uh, they had food that was offered to idols. Now this is Brad's redneck version of the Bible that I'm still working on. All right, so this is my redneck version. So, so, you know, they had all these temples to these foreign gods in Paul's day. Right? And there was just a smart businessman that says, hey, listen, when we're bringing all this meat in, we might as well open up a barbecue joint out the back. Right? And cook it up and serve it and do some fundraising for the temple. Right? A little bit of extra to worship, a little fellowship going on. Right? And, and, and in Paul's day, there were people who were coming out of paganism. Right? And Paul said, hey, listen, I can eat from that place and it doesn't bother me at all because I know it was just a dumb idol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right? But if your conscience can't let you do that, then I don't do that. Yeah. But not because I'm not free, but because I love you so much, I don't want to stumble with your conscience. Amen. See, and that can help us answers like alcohol. Yeah. Come on. Still seems to be a hot button topic in the church. Yeah. Right? The biggest one, I mean, and, I, and I, I hit that rule when I teach on this, but I mean, really, to be honest, where we live down here, we could throw in their fried chicken. <laughs> Come on. Does that make sense? Because it ties to the other principle, right? Sugar consumption. I know, I'm, I know I'm going where angels fear to tread because I'm, I'm getting close to the banana pudding. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't touch the banana pudding, right? But, does that, but do y'all see that? So, but he speaks of conscience. Yes. You know, the, the biggest story with that that might be more relatable, when we lived in Mexico, one of the leaders there invited us to go on vacation with them. We went. We were excited because, I mean, we were... We were broke missionaries, and so we could barely get out of town. Yeah. And so they invited us to go with them. They took us to their place, and we're doing this. We're all excited, going to go have a long weekend somewhere. And so I throw a pack of playing cards in the duffel bag, and we're going to have fun and all this. And so that first night there, we're sitting down, and I said, well, hey, let's play some rummy or something like that. Let's play. I wasn't doing poker or nothing. I wasn't trying to grow the church fund or nothing. But I was like, and I pulled this pack of cards out saying, hey, what card games do y'all know? Teach us some Mexican card game. Let's. And his eyes got as big as saucers. And he goes, Pastor Greg, you play cards? And I stopped. I said, uh, yes. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he goes, uh, uh, and you can see there was this visible turmoil on his face. He was in a, in a valley of conscience. And he was like, well, b- before I got saved, I had a gambling problem. And when I got saved, I told God I'd never touch playing cards ever again in my life. I snapped those things shut, threw them back in the bag, and said, Brother, what do y'all want to do? Because <laughs> we ain't got to do that. See, you see, so we're led by conscience. See, you're led by your conscience. And I am led by your conscience. And you're led by mine. Yeah. So there's two leadings of conscience that Scripture talks about. I'm led by my own conscience, Mm -hmm. but I'm also very aware of your conscience. That's right. That's why it's important that we get to know each other. Amen. That's 
right? It's so important that we know who each other is on one side. So I, I don't want to ever violate your conscience. Yes, yeah, right. Amen. Right? Even though I may be able, like cards, I'm able to say, well, come on, brother, you need to be free. Mm-hmm. Right? You need to be free. That's just legalism. That's just legalism. You can't play them cards. That's just legalism. You need to be free from, and even though I would agree, sure, don't be bound up by nothing. But at the same time, he needs to hear that from Father, not me. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it's between him and God, not him and Brad. Right. Because again, I can, I, cannot, I can live without it as much as I can live with it. Yeah. Amen. Does that help? Do you see how God talks to us and he addresses every situation in life? There's not anything that clear command overarching wisdom or your conscience won't cover. Those three things cover every situation in life. Has this been helpful this morning? I know this is maybe not necessarily a hoop and hollering type message like we've had the last couple weeks. But this is just how we live, right? This is just living. This is what it looks like to live the Bible. I'm reading the Bible and I'm looking at the verses and I'm going, well, is there a clear command in here? And if I can see something clearly, whether it actually says don't do this or do do this, or whether if I start putting pieces together from the back to the front and I'm starting going, you know, I'm starting to notice a recognizable pattern. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to see a pattern in God. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Can I just, is this, yeah. I just go one more. It's like giving. Yeah. Right? How many of you heard in the hot button, well, tithing isn't for today. Anybody ever heard those? Yeah. Yes. That's all over the place. I've been there for forever, even before grace became cool. People have been talking about, well, is tithing for today or did it go away? Or, and I'm like, listen, guys, come on. From the beginning, God said, be generous. All the way through the whole book, he says, be generous. And then he says, and if you want to know what generous looks like, man, you can tithe, you can first fruits, you can wave offering, you can drink offering, you can do this, you can give it all. You can. <laughs> he said, he could pick which one you like. Is it? It's like going to the Chinese restaurant, right? Which one you like? Just help yourself. Right? Y'all look at me. Just, just be generous. Just help yourself. Just, just go. Just do. Mm-hmm. Just be. Be generous. Hallelujah. Amen. But nowhere do I ever see God tell anybody, well, you know, there you don't have to give. Mm-hmm. No. You don't have to. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amen. Anyway, I didn't expect to go anywhere near any of that. But let's talk about this then. If you notice again in, in group me and, I, and where I wanted to get to and why you need the verses, because as this comes out, I was reminded of it at our Tuesday night gathering, which, by the way, went awesome. Right? We, first time we got together at the potato. Yay! Hey, guys, listen, we did. it's a big, it's awesome. We're excited. Uh, I don't normally do this. I was, again, sharing with the, with the prayer uh, team that we're back when we were praying before service. I actually counted up how many people we as a church family have influence over between here and Jasper with the Atkins and in Gunnersville, and we serve 70 people. Yes. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. And, 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 I was gonna say, and growing between all those people. And besides, like I said, you guys are already growing. Those people are growing, and leaders are going to grow. 
And I'm just, I'm just really excited. It's just very, very, very cool. But with that came up, this idea, because we're talking about, okay, we'll get a word, listen to the Spirit, find your verse, right? And, and questions come up, well, what, what does that look like? How do you put this into practice? So if you didn't notice it, I left it on, on GroupMe, but I was reminded of something that Brother Hagen taught us. And I'm going to seed it here, and we might pick up on it more later, because uh, I thought we'd spend more time on that today. But I'm glad we shared what we shared. But I want you to write down four things. And again, this is a very just teaching morning. This is a very pastoral this morning, right, to just help you. Number one, are you ready? Because somebody asked me at the Gunnersville thing, how did Brother Hagen be Brother Hagen? Yeah. Right? Somebody said, you know, Brother Hagen, you know, and, if, and those that don't know Brother Hagen trained Selena and I, we had the privilege of, of being closely associated with him and traveling for a couple of years with his crusade team. So we got to see him both sides of the door, right? We had to see him behind the pulpit and outside of the pulpit. And, and I said, and he was awesome in all things because he was just really stinking normal. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes, I mean, Jesus saw, I mean, he saw Jesus. I mean, I, I, we were in Jackson, Mississippi. You remember that night? We're in Jackson and, and about where Josh is, he was preaching and he goes, well, brother, there's an angel standing right next to you. And I'm all going, Get out. And, and this is what the angel said to do. And so he did it, and the man was set free. I'm like going, oh, my. Holy. I mean, so we got to experience and be a part and see. But he was about as plain as white bread. Right? And, you know, and I love Brother Andrew Womack, too. He's real similar. They're about as dry as cracker juice. Right? <laughs> but that's normal. So I say that, say that really spiritual people are just really normal. People, I'm going to try to be nice. I'm going to try to be nice. If I say Brad, be nice. If I say Brad, be nice, Brad. People that think weird and spiritual are together don't know that they're just weird. Does that make sense? So when you see people, and they may actually be spiritual, they just happen to be weird. Please don't tie those two things together. So when you see a weird spiritual person, we can thank God for how they're spiritual and just know, oh, they're just weird. Amen. So you don't have to follow their weird. Amen. Pay attention to what they say from a spiritual dynamic. And if it lines up with the Bible, go for it. Amen. Does that make sense? Huh? No, I might tell them that. I mean, if they come up to me... And especially if they, if they want you to buy things. Like weird spiritual people have their favorite accessories that they like to tow with them as part of their wardrobe. And they try to convince you that their accessory is powerful. And it's just their accessory. Does that make Thank you. I'm trying to be nice here. I'm not trying to necessarily name names. I have to take tapes off. Off, off the internet, right? Yeah, I'm recording this one. Yeah, I'm recording on there. It'll go somewhere else. I'm just trying to be nice because it is. Good. But I just say that because we can baptize some weird and some spirituality and it's just weird. Yes, ma'am. So like a minister who, uh, someone that we've talked about before who like yells, they're very loud. Yeah. To me, that's kind of weird. It can be. Sometimes, okay, so I'll, I'll pick on one person because they've been dying to this. 
But it's a, but there was a, there's a, there's a lady, and she is a prophet. Like, she is spot on. She is accurate. Yeah. She is awesome. And I, I appreciate her ministry. Don't hear me say that. Mm -hmm. But she is very Catherine Kuhlman. If you ever go back and watch YouTube of Catherine Kuhlman, you know, Kat, those who don't know, she was a prophet lady. And Catherine Kuhlman had big, long, drapey <laughs> dresses. And she would be very ethereal. And, you know, and she was had Casper the Friendly Ghost as well as the Holy Ghost. You know, and so she would kind of, and, and they could do it. And this lady that I appreciate and love, she, she'll get real, she'll preach and it'll be real loud. And then she'll go real soft and it's real dramatic and it's up and down. And I forget, the first time we went to here, I had Caleb with me when he was five or six. Maybe we just moved here from Canada. And we're sitting on the back and she's just doing her thing. And Caleb leans over and he goes, Daddy, why is the lady yelling? And I said, I don't know. That's why we're here to find out. And he goes, oh, okay. And he just says, because that was just her personality. They just excited. They just excited. It's just their personality, right? I've got my person. I know that, again, I know that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I've actually had people tell me that. Brad, I don't like you. You're not my cup of tea. I said, that's fine. I don't like your tea either. But we can love each other, right? I get a lot out of you. Hopefully, you can get a lot out of me. But it, I don't have to like, yes, sir. So are they just following the pattern of what they, they learn? They, no, they just, they just like their stuff. I mean, the person I'm talking about loves to tow the stick around with them. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's the staff of the prophet. And I went to one of their meetings not that long ago, and I didn't realize that sticks were back in style. <laughs> and I was like one of the only persons there that didn't have a stick you know and they would say things like stretch out your staff and we're going to speak to whatever and I'm like going all these sticks showed up like, y'all sell those in the bookstore where are you going to see that how do I know my stick is the right stick I don't know I mean, and that's just they just like it it's and and, and and, and and the cool thing is, is and God's God's chill with that. Yeah. 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 He, he's they're not again. This is they're not violating anything. It's just weird, <laughs> right? And so it's it's not wrong. It's just weird, and and they're free, and I want them to be free to be weird, because Lord knows I'm weird in my own ways, and y'all put up with me. How many of y'all put up with me? You're like, you know, my pastor think about about you to the church, but he may cuss. Just uh, not. If he swears, he's don't. <laughs> Does that make sense, right? So I know there's different things, and I shouldn't cuss. That's that's different. That Bible says don't have, don't do that. And so I'm working on that. So uh, just be real clear. But does that make sense? You know, I just say that to say we sometimes look at even people like Brother Hagen. Well, how did somebody like that get to be so quote unquote spiritual? I'm about to tell you. So if you would like to be really awesome spiritually, don't get it. You don't even, no stick required. <laughs> Batteries not included. No stick required, right? Um, but I, I want to talk because it's real simple and it's for everybody. But listen to it. It's about and it's what you do when you're seeking the word. It's how you move deeper into. And, and, and he taught us this, and the Holy Spirit has helped me learn it 
I mean, and I'm trying to, to know what to, to say. Because y'all know if I try to talk about me, I'm not trying to be arrogant, right? Over the years, many of you have come to me and said, Brad, how do you do that? Have y'all ever noticed that maybe you've been, this is how I do that. Whatever your that is for me is, it comes straight from this. So this is for everybody. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, put the word of God first. And we've kind of been talking about that all morning. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go deeper into that, but the Bible is first. Not just first in this is the first thing I do every day, even though I would agree with that. But when I go through my day and things come up, I face Brad's challenges of the day. The first question that pops into my mind is, Lord, what do you say about that from the Bible? I, I lean into the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, verse 26. When Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would remind me of what he said. And so I face things and I go, Holy Spirit, what did Jesus say about this? What did God say about this? What has already been written about what I'm facing? And I go to the Bible first. Yeah, yeah, I, and the, and Kurt, I do. Many times I'll talk to, I've got people, I'll talk to Pastor Mark at our Irondale campus, right? I'll talk to Pastor Jim Andrews, who's spoken here before for us last year at Father's Day, right? I'll talk to Pastor Scott Ross in Boston, who's one of my pastors. Right now through Army, I'll talk to like Pastor Grant Thigpen down in Florida, right? Now my friend Ben Diaz, who we have a growing our relationship. I'll talk to Pastor Ben. And even this, I, I, I talked to Pastor Freddie. Uh, I can't wait for one of y'all to meet Pastor Freddie Minifield. He is an awesome brother. I love him. And, and he's a like fifth degree black belt in, in this style of karate. He's awesome. He's, he's, he's built way better than I am. But I love this kind of stuff because he says it like this. He says, Brad, uh, why do we build the church but we don't build the temple?" And he has a whole team. I'm like, okay, Brother Freddie, you, you're getting me. But he'll talk about it. He says, we'll spend thousands of dollars to build a building, but we'll never spend a dollar to build the temple where he actually lives. That's right. <laughs> and if y'all like me, I'm like going, dang it. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> but, I, but I'll go. Those are people I go to. So I have people that I ask questions. And I love, uh, you know, Pastor Google. And I'll type in there, Pastor Google, verses about this. And it's awesome. I've been challenged. I'm going to do it this week. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm going to go to one of those AI things and ask it. Yeah, I'm going to sit there. So, so Pastor AI, I'm looking for verses on. I did that last night. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. I've actually been challenged by somebody to do that. So I'm going to give it a go. Y'all all right? Y'all look at me like, yeah, now the, like the Antichrist just walked in the room. Y'all everybody all right? You know, AI just means really fancy computer. Yes. Okay. Uh, don't believe the Terminator. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? So, just I'll leave that right there. <laughs> so, right. So, but these are the, so ask, but grow. But if I don't know, I go find out. Yeah. If when I if I run into that situation, 
before I search Google for another answer, I'll search the Bible. Yeah. Amen. Why? Because life begins here. Yeah. Right? And you can write these verses down. I meant to read them, but you can read them at home. And that's Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27. Right? Incline your ears to my sayings. Give attention to my words. Let them be constantly before you night and day because they are life to those that find them and literally medicine to yes. all of your flesh. Yes. And actually on that note, that one, and that's what it says, and they are health to all your flesh. The word in the Hebrew is literally medicine. medicine. Like, taking, like taking a prescription drug. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Next, number two, is we meditate on the Word of God. So we put the Word of God first, and we meditate on it, and that's what we're going to take time to do here in just a minute this morning. I want you to begin, if you haven't already, in what you got from Holy Spirit last week. I want you to commit to meditate on it this week. Does that now, what does that word meditate mean? Again, meditate doesn't mean uh, empty your brain. There's Eastern meditation, which teaches you got to empty your thoughts. That's the opposite of biblical meditation. Biblical meditation means I focus my thoughts. I fill my thoughts. I direct my thoughts. So I want you to direct your thoughts through this week to that verse. Let it be ever present in your thinking. Ways that I've done that over the years is anything from back before I had a phone is I would put them on a three by five card. Now that I've got a phone, I put it in notes. And if you go through my notes, you will, you will find lists of things that the Holy Spirit has helped me create about myself. I, I call them, I am, can, can, I, can I read it to you? Just as an example. Is this helpful? Yeah. Now, if this is not helpful, again, I'll pray and we'll go home. Y'all all right? Yeah. If, you find, if you find this helpful, say amen. Amen. Okay, good. <clears throat> if you don't find this helpful, just don't say anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I do things like this. Things that I go and, and, and regularly, almost daily. I don't do it every day. Sometimes I, I let myself get busy. I forget. But... Almost daily, I open this up and I think of things like this. I am my father's true son. Right? Born of the spirit by his choice and on purpose. I know him and I hear his voice. And there's scriptures to all of that that I think on. Right? I love this one. Say, I am free from sin, sickness, and lack. Both their temptation and their condemnation. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I am free. Good. Right? I say things like this or think things like this. I am a loving, passionate, and faithful husband. That's who I am. To one woman for the rest of my life, happily. Yes. Amen. That's good. Amen. Yes. I jokingly told Selena, I said, you know, if you ever decide to leave me, just tell me how to pack so I know how, where we're going. <laughs> right right i am a loving connected and wise father yes. that is who i am 
And I have verses that my kids don't even know about yet. Verses that I pray over you guys every time I open this list. Every time I open this list. There's four verses here that I take to God for them. Amen. And I stand on them and say these things, things like this. All my children will be followers. And you are taught by God Himself. Amen. Does that make sense? I got to get... I am a clear, concise, and accurate teacher of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. And I look at things like I'm aware of that because one day I will stand before God and, and face double judgment for what I bring to you. Amen. Right? And so that doesn't... That, I mean, again, that does, you know why that doesn't scare me? I mean, have you ever heard that preach that? And we normally preach that to scare people out of the ministry. <laughs> right? Now, I realize he's going to stand up there and say, Brad... I'm holding you more accountable because you volunteered to be an example. But I also know that means I get double reward. That's what that judgment. That means you did really good here, five ten, right? Right. And so, thank you, Lord. I want to be accurate, right? He goes, now, Brad, you tried, right over here. <laughs> you swung for the fence. You struck out right there. I love you, buddy. <laughs> Amen. But I am a relational, strong, and caring pastor. I build leaders, not just followers. Does this help y'all? Does this? I meditate on this. I think you need to create this for yourself. That's what we want to give you time today to do. And I know I'm using up time here, but we're going to get ready to to do that. Uh, Because you need to know who you are. You need to find yourself in Scripture. And when you find yourself there, meditate on that. Why? Because your life will flow out of that. Can I just again, has any of this been accurate so far in what you observed with your relationship with me? Yes. Amen. That's not because I'm awesome. Come on. That's because the Bible will work. The Bible will produce for everyone. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. I mean, I say things like this. I am able to understand and engage in the full design of God for my life. Mm-hmm. Right? I am a loyal, connected, and fun friend. Amen. Amen. Because God just he wants me to like you and you to like me. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, darling. It's because the Bible works. Because Lord knows I can be as mean as any other snake in the garden. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. I am a doer of excellent deeds. Amen. I do all things in my life a little bit better than I've done them before. Amen. Amen. That's my definition of excellent. I'm a pioneer in the ways of believing, thinking, and doing. Amen. Right? I am a noticer. I see the obvious things that most people miss and I help them understand why they matter. Mm, Right? Because I think Jesus was a noticer. He pointed stuff out that people missed all the time and told them why it was important. Y'all see, is this helping at all? I am righteousness itself. I say, this is what the Lord says. 
Righteousness is a force field that emanates from my heart. And anything bad or evil, when it passes through that force field of my righteousness, God literally turns evil into good. Amen. Amen. So, you see, can y'all hear the verses? I know all of y'all are good church people. You hear the verses that show up in these different things? Right? And then that finally, this is a new one, I have to admit. I am good at attracting and creating value and money. It was pro- now this is pro- through the prophetic decree that was set over me. I am fiscally wise and I can lead and advise corporations, organizations, and institutions. It's easy for me to create value and the value needed and attract large sums of money, clients, resources, whatever. Why? Because he has blessed me. Amen. The verses that come along that with me is, remember Jacob? Have you ever thought about that? Jacob whittles on sticks. (laughs) By the direction of God, Jacob whittles on sticks, puts them in the water so that when his goats are drinking and, and being mated with, they see spots and stripes and make spots and stripes. How do you? right and then when his father-in-law changes the deal for the umpteenth time and says well now because now all the spotted and striped goats outnumbered all the solid colored goats (laughs) and then Laban changes the deal Joseph or Jacob goes well that's easy I'll just take the sticks out (laughs) so guys listen it, it is not it's We've made becoming kingdom wealthy hard. Yes, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, it's not. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So now, whoever, Miss Katie, can you play for us? Can you do that, please? And it's all good. I want you to get your verses out that you picked already from last week. And again, what we're going to do is like we did last week. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to open this up. Katie's going to play. Um, if, if you need to leave, I know Selena needs to leave and she's taking our kids with us because they got to go get collard greens. Remember Ms. Sheila Baker's funeral is this afternoon at two. So the church, you guys have graciously provided one of the sides. So Selena's going to go pick the side up and we're going to deliver it here just a little bit and be a part of that. You're welcome to be a part of that if you're like, but what we're going to do moving forward is I open in prayer. Those that have the time and want to, I invite you to remain. I invite you to bring out your, uh, your verses, right, that you got last week. And I want you to do something. I want you to let Holy Spirit begin to build the same kind of list for you that he's helped me build. Does that make sense? Again, I, I have simply called them, those are my I am statements. Because that's what, when I go to meditate on these things regularly, that's what I say. This is who I am. Yes, sir. Because, buddy, I'm not there on that last one yet. If you looked at my bank account, y'all would cry. <laughs> right, but the, the point of writing it down is, A, there's, there is literally a psychological power in you writing it down. It literally, when they say now, this is, this is not spiritual, this is just biomechanics, how God made you to work. When you write it down, it ties your head and your heart together. 
right? So it's important that you in some way capture it written down, whether that's actual writing or like I did, you type it into your phone. But yes, I'm not saying what you're, you, you're that because you're living it. I'm actually saying, again, remember, had when we, and I know we only read one verse today. <laughs> but, you know, and, and we looked at Jesus. Had Jesus defeated the devil yet when he said that? No. <laughs> the devil was still there tempting him. So Jesus didn't say that post-victory. No. He said that pre-victory. Mm-hmm. See, that's the biggest problem currently in our church world today is everyone goes, well, when I see it, then I will believe it and you'll never see it. Amen. You have to let the Word of God lead you into it and you have to literally see yourself as he tells you you are, go, okay, God, I respond to that. I will unify myself to that and say, that's who I am, even if my bank account, my health, my whatever looks different. Amen. Yes. I agree with the blessing. I agree with what God says. See, the power in what we're all talking about is just that, is God is trying to say, will you just agree with me? Will you just agree? Again, Jesus said this. You remember Jesus said that if we two, you know, if me and Chris and Amanda, if we got together and we agreed on anything in earth, right, in the name of Jesus, Jesus said, I'll literally show up in the middle of your agreement as three humans and make sure that what you agreed on comes to pass. Amen. Well, now here's my, imagine if we agreed with God. If, 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 if Jesus says, hey, listen, if you and Chris can finally get on the same page, this is what I can do. How much more when he says, now, if you and Heavenly Father get on the same page. Amen. How much more? Amen. So, yes, I want you to write it down, even though you might say, I don't see that yet. It doesn't matter. You saw it in the Bible first. Amen. You went here first. All those things I just read about you again. I wasn't those things. Yeah. I'm still in many of them. I'm still very much growing. Yeah. And there's more I want to be when I read those things and I see myself in the Bible. I'm like, God, I want, I want more. Amen. I want, it to, I want it more. But I can see it. Amen. And as long as I can see it here, it's mine. Yeah. Amen. It, it's, it's just who I am. Does that make sense? Amen. So again, I'm going to pray. And if you need to go, I know it's about 12:15. If you need to go, you're free to go. That's fine. If you want to stay, please stay. And we're just going to take time. Every time we gather, I want to give you a chance to respond to what God is doing. That is one of those growing instructions to God, from God to me for you, is to make sure you have time to respond. Because so many times we come to church and we get in a hurry, right? And I want to give you a chance to respond. Amen. So, Father, we come to you today. And, Lord, thank you for what you showed us last week about who we are. Lord, I'm asking you to grow that, please, sir. I'm asking you to open our imagination up even more to that. And, Lord, today, uh, help us write it down. 
Help us create it in, in a way that we see and we understand what you're saying. So that, Lord, we can meditate on it. We can focus on it. We can put our attention on it. In Jesus' name. And this Katie's going to play. And I just encourage each of y'all just with what you've already got. If you wrote down.